Blog Talk Radio. Hey, I'm Jared Padalecki. And this is Jensen Ackles. And you're listening to Winchester Radio. And welcome to Winchester Radio. I'm Susan. Hi, I'm Becky. And I'm Vinny. Uh, we don't get the opportunity often to introduce ourselves. Uh, so for this podcast, as we're nearing the end of the episode, uh, the end of the season, we're going to go ahead and deviate from our normal format in the introduction and take a moment. So uh, as you can hear, there are three of us. Um, we range in age. So if you are a listener between the ages of, say, 25 and 60, you're within our age ranges. Um, so bear that in mind as well. Uh, we are three people from different walks of life, different ethnicities, and different social point of views. Uh, so it's just a little bit of housekeeping on us um, because we haven't really introduced ourselves in a really, really long time. And so there may be some new listeners or people who um, have just kind of forgotten who we are over time. Uh, um we also are aware, um, because of the way Twitter works, we do uh, see a lot because we are tagged in a lot of things. Um, but if you are by any chance listening to our podcast solely to anger yourself over our opinions, um, that's fine. You have the right to do so. Uh, please bear in mind that when quoting people, uh, actual quotes should be used. If you are paraphrasing someone, then you cannot declare it a quote and please label it as a paraphrase. Uh, context is also an important thing when uh, listing someone else's opinions. Uh, and again, keep in mind that there are three people on this podcast listing opinions that sometimes match, but most often do not. Uh, we hardly ever agree. Hardly ever. <laughs> yes, that was my nice way of saying we often go to each other's throats. Um, a couple quick things because of the, the, the content of this episode, um, which is not unusual content if you're someone who's only seen this season of Supernatural. It might be for you. If you're someone who has seen at least two seasons, and theoretically, if you're listening to a podcast about an episode in season 10, you've seen all the episodes at least once. Um, bear in mind, this was nothing, none of this content was unusual in this episode. But um, we do feel that there might be a, a need to remind some people who listen to our podcast that there is a difference between an actor and a character. One is an, uh, a real person who goes about their day and has their life that we as fans know very, very, very little of anyway. And another is a character that we see anywhere from once a week, if it's Sam, Sam or Dean, to maybe once or twice a season. Um, but again, keep in mind that opinions about a character are not opinions about a person. And that can go vice versa. You can like one and not the other. You can um, go either way on that. Uh, 
in so much as that, keep in mind that we are also a fan site. So tagging actors, uh, the network, uh, anybody involved with the show's production or airing or promotion of it really doesn't do anything but fill up that person's mentions with uh, what's the equivalent of spam. We do not work for the CW or Wonder Brothers. We work for no one. We are just a fan site with literally zero income from our website. There is outcome. We we put money into it. We don't get money out of it. Um, so threatening us or trying to get us in trouble with somebody, it doesn't do anything. <laughs> we don't have any access that you can try to revoke. And we don't have any uh, influence over the show in any way. Uh, nobody listens to us in terms of taking anything we say seriously. So if you don't agree with us, that's fine. But getting mad about it really doesn't do anything but make me worry about your blood pressure. Um The main thing, yeah, that's about all. Yeah, that's that's what I'm going to say for now until we start getting a little bit more into the episode. Um, But I I just want to remind everybody of that. Main thing, you know, you don't have to like everything, every single thing about a show, every single character on the show. You don't have, nobody has to. Everybody has different opinions. Um, You know, but you should still be respectful to the actors, to the crew, you know, to the, you should always be respectful to them. You should be respectful to each other. We're all fans. We all are here because we love the same thing. We should always be nice and respectful to each other. That's the way I was brought up. Um, you know, if you don't have anything right. nice to say, you don't say anything at all. That's the way I've always felt about it. That's the way my, my and, mom and I, thought. I kind of want to. I kind of want to piggyback off that again. If you think about it, uh, because we did get a lot of what, what's stemming from this is, uh, it's. I've ne- I've never made a secret that Charlie went from a character that I I liked to a character I did not like at all. Um, but Charlie is fake. Charlie is not a real person. Charlie has no actual feelings, other than what a episode writer and director tells her to have. Um, So think about you as a person, if you were in a play or if you were in a a movie or a TV show and somebody said they didn't like your character but they liked you and you suddenly got an influx of tweets saying that they didn't like you. Think about how that would feel And then once you realize, no, wait, they meant they didn't like my character, but I'm not my character. So what you did to that actor is is you made them feel an anxiety that was completely unwarranted. And that's really, really mean is the nicest way I can put it. It's mean. Don't do it. Think about what you're sending someone as 
a tweet and think about when someone tells you that somebody else said something, if you didn't hear it, try to hear it for yourself before determining it as fact. And I say that because I have been a fan of Felicia Days for longer than Supernatural has even existed. And to see our website tweeted with her name saying they want you to die, they hate you, is horrific to me. Offensive, horrific, and childish. And unless you are actually a child, please don't do it. If you are a child, maybe have a talk with your parents. So just please remember, you know, we're people just like everybody else. We have feelings too. You know, we we're we have a, we're just fans like all of y'all. We have we have opinions just like all of y'all. We have feelings just like all of y'all. And remember that before you. You know, you say, say, you know, hateful things to us because, you know, it it does hurt. It really does. So now let's get on to the episode. How's that? Unless Susan has something to say. (laughs) (laughs) Becky, there are three of us. Keep up, bro. (laughs) Um. We've actually talked before, and I've 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 brought it up, and I've compared it to my to my work life and day life as well of the difference between a person a person and their role, a person and their and their artwork, whether it's actual paintings or or dance or music or acting, and you can you can love. You can love one and not the other, and you can appreciate someone's talent and not like them as a person. It's okay. And also being critiquing something is not necessarily the same thing as criticizing something. And if you want someone to hear when you have an issue or a concern, state it, but be polite and respectful. And it helps to also be positive about some aspect as well, you'll certainly get farther. Your issue will get heard and responded to much quicker than than being angry or vicious or attacking personally. Um, I'm, we're very aware that Jensen, Jared, Felicia, Misha, everybody, they're real people with real feelings. And I often think to myself, I, I hope they don't read their Twitter mentions because sometimes they're just, I don't know what it is about being a famous person. You think they can't read or can't see what you're putting or you, it's like okay to say things to them. You wouldn't dream of saying to your friend or a straight, another stranger or your mother or anything like that. But just just remember, you can critique and be constructive with your criticism. But there are real people behind there. And just think about that before you say something. And that includes us as well here on the podcast and with the website. Um, We're real people. We've got real life problems and concerns and a life. And like Vinny said, we do this for fun, for the love of the show, for free. Sometimes it costs us money. And a lot of time goes into this and we really appreciate 
the people who do listen and say thank you and enjoy it and, and all that very, very much. And even if you don't agree, that's okay. We, we appreciate that too because we don't agree and it makes for a much more interesting podcast <laughs> when we have three different opinions. <laughs> so uh, anyway, I think that's it. Maybe something very else well will come said. up as we discuss this. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Yes, very well said. Thank you. Um, anyway, should we talk about I the episode? Figured, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I figured if, you, if, if, um, if it's easiest, I mean, might as well get it out of the way. The elephant in the room of this episode is that Charlie died. Um, <laughs> what? You're <laughs> <laughs> supposed to watch what? You're supposed to watch the episode before the podcast. Susan, oh. again. It's helpful to take notes. Oh. Um, the show airs on Wednesdays, just so you know. Um, oh. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Uh, and I, I, I kind of want to be the one to open this because, like I said, I've been very vocal about my dislike of this of this, of Charlie and the downturn I think her character took. Uh, being handled by only one writer consistently and being in a way a coddled character. And I, I it's funny because a couple of podcasts back, uh, actually during episode 18, that podcast, I was like, I'm so done with her. I'm done with her. I don't care what happens to her. And I literally said, but it doesn't matter because we're stuck with her forever. And, uh, again, it, it goes to show that li- apparently no one listens to what I say because I thought we were stuck with it. Um, what's the noise? I'm sorry. But what's that sound? Breathing. Yeah, what's that sound? Becky, are you coloring? I'm doing anything. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know oh. what that sound was. That was strange. Yeah. Uh, sorry about that, listeners. We yeah. None of us know what that was. Um, but although the other funny thing is maybe someone was listening to me because I specifically said during that, that, that podcast that I don't get most of Charlie's references. And even though I play video games, I only played Zelda, but like classic Zelda. And then she was wearing a classic Zelda t-shirt in this episode. And I was like, Who's living in my brain? This is weird. Um, so, but again, to be clear, no one is actually listening to me. Coincidences just happen sometimes. Despite what the show says, accidents do sometimes happen accidentally. Um, I, here's the thing. Not only, I was surprised at how graphic they allowed her post-mortem to be. Um, I think it's, odd that she's she's the only character we've seen die like that in that way where it's just a cut to a bloody body um that said as much as i you know as much as i said uh, during uh the book of the damned podcast that we were stuck with her i do think that the network promotional department really, really foreshadowed her death 
very ham-fistedly to the point where when she died, I know most people would think that I would have this, like, elation. I had literally no reaction because I saw it coming. There was no way. I was 99.92% sure she was dying. So it was just We talked about it last week. Right, we talked about it last week. And, and I, the podcast that. that I missed, yeah, the podcast that I missed, um, when I went and listened to it afterwards, I know that, that Becky brought it up. Um, and, and the thing is, is I, I, on top of that, Supernatural, and that's why I said, you know, it's weird that this episode has generated so much anger about her death because it's nothing new. Supernatural set a precedent from mm. the pilot that in order to forward the story, they are going to kill somebody. And it happens every season at least once a season sometimes more than that where you're going to have a character that Sam and Dean care about uh, bite it in order mm-hmm. to forward their story and is it still not over Kevin I'm still not over Bob I'm not over Chris or Meg <laughs> and I'm not I know well, there yeah. That right there is an example. Yeah, that right there is the example of uh, there are characters that that adhere to more people than others. Um, I understand that for a lot of people, you identified with with Charlie, and and I get that if you did. Um, To me, Charlie, like I I mentioned, was just a rewrite of Willow Rosenberg. The characters were way too similar for me. And I've already watched that character, and I didn't identify with Willow, and I didn't identify with Charlie. So even though being a fangirl, I find comments of like, "You literally killed the fan, you literally killed your fans," and I'm like, number one, you're using the word literally wrong because I'm still alive and I'm a fan, and it's a, it, it, you can't say that Charlie is everyone because Charlie isn't everyone. You know, fans vary. And to say that Charlie is everyone kind of puts a stereotype on fans and fandom that I'm uncomfortable with personally. Um, But I do think that, you know, for some people, for me it's interesting, I guess it's interesting to talk about because everybody who does listen to us knows that I'm very clear that Robbie Thompson is my least favorite writer on staff. So fine guys, we've, we've talked. One of the things he and I have actually face to face in depth talked about is the fact that he killed my favorite character, which is Meg. So my least favorite writer killed my favorite character. And I still watch the show. Uh, and I, I view that I would continue to watch the show. And again, like I said, he and I talked about it and it was the same idea of he said, you know, we had to kill somebody that mattered. And with Rachel being sick, they didn't want to put her in another vessel either. So they, they killed the character. But part of that is you know, as as attached as we get to characters and as fandom as much as we rally is we need more female characters, we need more 
characters that are non-white. We need more characters that are of uh, varying sorts of sexual orientations. At the end of the day, we are watching a show where the two leads and the two regulars are four middle-aged white men. Well, I'm not middle-aged. Sorry, Jared and Jensen, you're not middle-aged because you're like my age. Sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm not middle-aged. Um, but you know, to be more accurate, are four men in their 30s, 40s, and 50s that are white and cannot be killed off for contractual reasons. So that leaves other characters vulnerable. And at this point in the game, Charlie was the most vulnerable character. They didn't kill her because they wanted to kill the fangirl. They didn't kill her because she's a lesbian. They didn't kill her because she's a redhead. They didn't kill her for any of those reasons other than she was expendable. Felicia Day has no contract with them. She has other work to do. She's expendable. And so what they did this season is they reinforced how much she means to Sam and Dean and killed her to forward the story. Because, you know, you kill Rowena, and at this juncture, literally no one within the show cares. I, I care because I like I like Rowena. But mm-hmm. in terms of the characters, it doesn't... It doesn't forward the story at all to kill her off. It doesn't forward. And the Charlie's story lasted still. a while. Charlie's yeah, lasted Charlie's a long time. Four for years a, for a non-contracted uh, uh, actor on the show. She's I would have to check quite a number of episodes. Got a great story, yeah. a very fully dimensional character. And I would and, have to double check the math, but she might be the Med, killing of Meg was killing off the longest running character and then that would put Bobby second and I think that might put Charlie third uh, and it had to be someone like you said that that we care that in general most uh, fans cared about we certainly know Sam and Dean care about her very very much um, even Cass will feel her death he's only just met her but he he seemed to genuinely like her right. and and care about her well-being and she's a huge she's a huge huge loss and it would to them and it would take and she was still working on on the Mark of Cain issue she did this at Sam's request there are there are repercussions and on on both sides for both brothers and in, in what's happened with Charlie Charlie dying, and right. and I like Charlie. I'll I'll miss her. I didn't I didn't love every episode she was in. I had I had issues not with Book of the Damned, but was it Book of the Damned? Anyway, one of them is like I was like, yeah. oh, no place like home. That was the one I had issues definitely, oh, but yeah. I liked Book of the Damned very much. But but Book I, of the Damned, I, 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 didn't, totally... I didn't mind. Like, I didn't mind Book of the Damned, but I, I will say that Book of the Damned was very again in retrospect very foreshadowing of her death as well. And mm-hmm. if you look at it, a lot of the purpose of her meeting Cass was to create that bond and, oh, did we just become best friends and we get the last scene of, you know, Cass mm-hmm. and Charlie huddled together 
it was to create Cass's, you know, Cass's emotion towards her, that he's going to take care of her mm-hmm. in this coming episode and have an attachment in a way. Um, mm-hmm. So, again, as the, highly foreshadowing, in my opinion. As the one of the three of us who, real, who really, really liked Charlie, she was, I, I, I love Charlie. I, no doubt mm-hmm. about it, I love her. And, uh, I, you know, I will say that, you know, that end scene, you know, where we see her in the bathtub, that, you know, the, that was, to me, it was, it, I, you know, it was, it was definitely the most graphic death, you know, we've seen of any characters on the show. That was the hardest part. But, and I'm going to miss her, I'm going to miss her desperately. She was a great, great character. And, mm-hmm. I was, you know, I, I, I love her to death. Uh, well, that's very <laughs> I loved her very, very much. Um, but I, I think Charlie's death will cause some very good, not good as in good, but interesting Intense. and compelling, compelling um, stories forward with Sam and Dean. You know, Dean, as we, you know, we've seen from the. Um, trailer for next week and in the promo photos if you've seen them you'll see that he is he is you know that's it he's gone off the deep end and Sam you know he's even though it wasn't his fault he's going to be feeling the guilt and it's going to it's going to be some very intriguing compelling stories and that's what her death was for because you know again she it and yes side characters other characters are very very important to the show but they're important as to what they can do for Sam and Dean because Sam and Dean are what the show is about. And as right. much as we'll miss Charlie and as much as I love Charlie, she, you know, they have to do with the character what is best for Sam and Dean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I, I think, like, like, you, like you're saying, like I said, the side characters, who said it? Kim Rhodes actually said it. Um, the side characters, and I don't, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but, and she says this as an actress who plays a side character, her character's purpose is to forward Sam and Dean's story. Dog Potty K brought up a good point. Jody's been on since season five, and those mm-hmm. pages are still around, and they're from season one. Yeah. I just I meant in terms of people who, of characters that are actually dead at this point, oh, not who still have a longevity. I was I was counting it. I was counting as dead. Okay. Uh, uh, but yes, that's correct. Um, and like and then like I said, unfortunately, I don't even want to say unfortunately because for me. Uh, me being, you know, really like, eh, killer off. I didn't really think I actually said killer off at any point. Maybe I did, but that was hyperbole because I didn't think it was going to happen. I really didn't. Um, I thought that they would consistently use Felicia Day as a back pocket stunt casting kind of thing. I really did. Um, she's Felicia Day. I mean, she's huge. Yeah, like, and to be to be frank, you know, Felicia Day does not need us, you know, in terms of supernatural fandom. She enjoys us. Uh, she ha- gets to meet us, and she, 
as as some as some fans may identify with her, she might identify with some fans, and you know she identifies with geek culture in her way, which her and I don't geek in the same exact way, but I respect what she says about geek female geek culture. Um, just because we don't do it the same way doesn't mean it invalidates it because the concept uh, remains valid. So for me, I'm not, I don't miss, I'm not going to miss Charlie. Uh, back during slumber party when I thought she, I thought maybe she might be gone for good. Um, it was one of those things where I didn't have to, even have to kill her off. By that point, I was already really done with the character. Uh, didn't have to be killing her off. It could have. She, I would have been fine if she would have just stayed in Oz. She would have been fine if she would have stayed in Oz. But you know, that's a whole other story. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, this show. It, within the first ten minutes of the show, they kill somebody to create the story, and. Eric Kripke is, is very open about that fact. And I think also, mm. you know, you have to remember, like, what I said is, what I've said before is the minute Sam and Dean call you family, run. Run and hide. Cause they, they don't even have their blood family anymore. Like, you know, their mother is, is dead, their father is dead, their half-brother is dead. Family for Sam and Dean is not a safety net. Not for you and not for them. And at the end of the day, unfortunately, um, it's always going to be, you know, Dean was totally down to protect Anna in, in season four until it became a choice between Anna and Sam. And then it was like, oh, allow me to toss the person at you as a, as a angel shield and take her. Um, same thing with Adam, you know, Sam or Adam, and you didn't, the choice wasn't even fully phrased before Dean was like, Adam who? Sorry, Becky, but Adam who? <laughs> um, Bye. <laughs> deep, deep, but, and, and again, part of it is the story, and part of it is the contractual legalities of it. You know, you're never going to have Dean go, okay, we'll go ahead and kill Sam off, because then what do you do with Jared? <laughs> Like it just <laughs> again, you have to kill not only who's going to have an emotional impact on at least the characters and some of the audience, but also someone who you legally can kill off. Uh, you know, we had them for they had to bring back Sarah and Tessa to kill off just to be able to have someone to kill off that people cared about because. It's gone to the point where everybody that's emotionally invested has a contract and cannot be killed for more than maybe an hour. You can maybe keep that for one episode. That's it. That's the extent of your deadness is one episode usually. Um, I, I, do, I do think it's interesting that they went with such a, a graphic death. I, I assume that it was so that we don't spend a week going, is she dead? I don't know, maybe. She could be alive. Uh, We're still wondering if Kane is dead. We're still wondering if Kane is dead. We're wondering if Kane is dead, but I'm, you know, I... Charlie's sorry. I I know this is really callous of me, but it's going to tie back into the episode, but... Oh, by the way, for you guys that listen to us regularly, I called it Frankenstein's. I called it. Yes, you did. You did. 
which a lot of people are criticizing, and I don't really have an issue with because uh, vampires, werewolves, Frankenstein. I mean, and we've done Frankenstein to a degree before with Doc Benton, and I hope that they uh, reference that. This has been the season of oh yeah, trust us. We did watch the old episodes. Here's a random reference. So I'm hoping we get that. Mm. Um, but um, I don't so mind the Frankenstein was, family showing up. It didn't bother me at I, all. I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I saw thought, a lot of criticism. I thought it was pretty great. Cool. I thought it was pretty well laid out the way they did it. Um, I think while I don't have the disdain for season seven that a lot of people do, I think the problem with season seven, and this is going to make sense in a second, the problem with season seven is it was a good idea in the wrong show. So it was social commentary in a show where it didn't fit for the first six years of that. So, you know, we were talking, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a play on what's going on in terms of what America, the stereotype of what America has become in terms of, you know, greasy fat Americans controlled by their TV, more or less, hyperbolically speaking. So I think the idea of the Steins is very similar to that, but actually executed better for it to be this idea of, you know, they were the ones behind the funding, you know, they were behind funding of, of I can't remember exactly, but, you know, they, they helped Hitler come to power. They were behind 9-11, that if there's this idea, and it's not a new concept in um, genre television to have this, uh, mafia mob family type of thing that extends generations that has created these evils. In fact, you know, with, with Doctor Who, which oddly enough, the the two hearts, the first thing I thought was, oh great, I was wrong. He's not a Frankenstein. He's a Time Lord. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm re- really curious. Yeah, <laughs> I, re- I saw so many people think of Doctor Who, and I was like, oh my Whovians. Um I also but, thought. Hail Hydra. Uh, see, that means nothing to me. Oh, that's right. Agents, um, of, Ag- Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I mean, it does. No, it, it does. Agents, of, I know Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Captain America. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I technically know that it is, but I... I, I nah, nah. It's a, it's a, Google it's a worldwide... <laughs> it's a worldwide, insidious, not literal family, but group, and they're everywhere, and they're actors and manipulators. And if and you, aren't you supposed kill to like one, two more take its place, so takes its place. Yeah. Hmm? And see, and again, just here's the thing: I don't marvel. I've never Star Wars, but like I know, I I know references, some references because pop culture makes you so that you have to know them. Um, I'm also mm-hmm. a big fan of uh, knowyourmeme.com. Bit, yeah, like if I don't understand anything, knowyourmeme.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, like, it, so like, yeah, it's not a new concept at all. Um, so for, I didn't quite get the criticism in terms of that. Uh, I actually liked the idea of him saying, you know, you know, a dean saying, you know, why didn't Mary Shelley say anything? He was like, she wrote a book. Like, yeah, idiot. that I- that was what I was. That was something I was waiting to say in, in this discussion. I love that he's like, you know, why didn't you go public with it? She wrote a book. I love. Yeah, that. I love that. I love that he was like, 
she wrote a book. Yeah, it was really like, duh. And like she said, more public than that. <laughs> like she said, you know, but nobody <laughs> believed her. And it's very much. She wrote a book. I, I, I was in the fiction section of, of her time, you know, so they didn't yeah. really think about it. And what I, what I liked is it's, it's a callback to the idea of like the Winchester Gospel. You know, there are books about Sam and Dean. Chuck the Prophet wrote them. Nobody believes mm-hmm. them, but they're real in terms of the show. It's Sam and Dean's real life. And so it, I like that that's, that's a circular idea, that Sam and Dean don't get that the stories, and he still don't get that the stories they think aren't real are real. You know, unfortunately, as much as I don't like Slumber Party, where's it of Oz? It's just a book. No, it's not. It's a parallel universe. Oh, okay. Um, so I like that. I thought the delivery was a little off in it. I don't know if that's a directing thing or it was an acting choice, but I did think the delivery of like, dun, 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 with the Frankensteins was a little off. Um, and I'm exaggerating, obviously, but I did also have, why was he only manacled by one arm? Oh, yeah. that's my big question. That was my trick. Yeah, his other hand in his pocket, so casual. I'm like, please tell you, did you frisk him first? I hope you frisked him because you're just letting him, you know, I have my other hand all available. You don't even know what I am. So you felt like the devil's trap is protecting or anything. You're like, why are you medical? And not only was it a stupid idea, but it looked stupid. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. They always. And so. They've never done just the one arm thing. And it's so stupid. This is a guy who is yeah. so strong that he was able to pick Dean up off the ground with one hand. So why do what you I need would... that one And tear his own arm off. And well, and the person is saying arm off. And how can he not catch a one arm bleeding drastically man running through a bunker he doesn't know? <laughs> well, I mean, I know okay. he's supposed to be extra fast, but. Right, and here's well, and here's the thing. Um, it would have been so much cooler, like if I, and I'm gonna have a big criticism here because for those who don't follow writers and directors as closely as other people do, because some people do, some people don't. Um, first of all, uh, to clarify, this is an episode written by who I call I I always say I'm the redemptionist. I'm the Buckner Lemming redemptionist. Um, I don't get as angry at their episodes as other people do because I find it very, I think it's very, very obvious in their episodes that either Jeremy Carver and or Robert Singer, who are co-showrunners, go to them and say, we're doing this thing. We've decided the thing. Make the thing work. Go. Because it's very obvious in their episodes that they always have to make they're almost always tasked with killing somebody off. They are the ones that killed Kevin off. Uh, they killed off who else? Benny. Uh, huh? Didn't they kill off Benny? Yes, yes, they did. That's who it was because they did Taxi Driver. Um, so you, you can tell that they're the ones that are told, look, this is where we're going with this. So you bring. And they, um, they they always write, if you look at the, you know, we discussed patterns last podcast, 
the patterns of writers stay the same and the pattern of storytelling tells the same. And they're always tasked with make this fit so that we can go do this afterwards. And so I get that they had to make certain people make, I don't want to say out of character choices because I do think they were quite in character, but you want the kind of choices where you want to yell at the screen, like you're an idiot, why are you doing that? But it's the same idea of the classic horror movie of the blonde girl, you want to tell her, why are you running through the woods in your heels? Stop that, you're stupid. There are tree branches everywhere. There's roots, you're dumb. But, you know, it, again, they do that to forward the story. So, but had I been the director, and I say this because the director was Bob Singer, who is a co-showrunner and married directing. to one of the writers. Well, and I find that irrelevant for what I'm going to say, actually. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, I, I just want to say that because a lot of people don't know. Don't, you know oh, yeah, he is married that, to uh, Lemmings. Uh, Eugenie uh, Ross Lemming is Robert Singer's wife. Uh, but Robert Singer has been an executive producer, co-showrunner since day one of Supernatural. He's the, he is the literal only constant that exists, in, aside from Jared and Jensen. But I mean non-actor production-wise. He is the only constant. Uh, so what I would have done as a director is I would have had him with his arms, with his hands handcuffed behind him, manacled, and had him rip one arm off and run with the run with the manacle. I would have been mm. more gruesome and far more believable. I don't understand it. And the other criticism I'm going to have for you, Bob Singer, who is not listening to this at all, but, you know, let's pretend you are. Please stop zooming on things. Please stop epic zooming. You epic zoom on salt, you epic zoom on the manacle, you did another epic zoom in this episode that I can't think of in my notes, but I'm too lazy to look for it at the moment. Stop. It it takes you out of the moment. And while Jensen did have Dean deliver the he ripped his arm off line with humor, I wouldn't I wouldn't have directed it that way. I wouldn't have directed that line with humor. So the only reason the zoom works is because of the line delivery, but I really wish both didn't exist that way. Um, it is what it is. I I thought when when Sam and Dean come back and see the arm, what's left of the arm hanging in the manacle, and that dun 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 uh-huh. sort of camera movement yeah, on the arm, I'm like yeah. that is very melodramatic. He did not. It's Bob Singer. It's, it's it's he does it every time he directs an episode. There's an epic zoom. Um, but, um, yeah, in terms of the Steins themselves, um, I loved in the, in the opening, uh, opening scene when he jumped out of the window, loved it. Mm -hmm. I loved that. Um, so in terms of direction, well done. So he's got a balance there, singer, and we'll talk about balance in a little bit as well. Um, I liked the balance. I don't know. I like the jump, and um, you know, kudos to whoever was the stunt dude because way to stick that landing. And I want to give uh, David Hoffman, who played Eldon Stein. Uh, he, I, I thought he was awesome. I thought he was great. I really, really like him. And he's on Twitter. If you want to follow him, David Hoffman, H O S L I N. We're following him. You should too. Um. I th- 
I thought in the opening scene, um, in the teaser with the volunteer, she just graduated school and he took her eyes. That scene was extremely creepy, really creepy. Mm -hmm. And that was when he steps closer and closer and he's looking into her eyes and she's starting to freak, but she doesn't want to run because she really needs that money or this job or whatever. And then of course, when he tries to kiss her, that's even creepier. And, and she freaks out on him, but yeah, that I, I was scared. I'm like, I, I, I was never as scared of him in the rest of the episode as I was in that teaser. Um, I also wonder in the teaser when the janitor comes to the door and he heard the noise and he says, everything okay in there? Why didn't he just say, yeah, everything's fine? <laughs> I thought I there were two, Yeah, there were two <laughs> moments in that opening that I thought were weird. That was one of them. And uh, I, I, I am going to say that, you know what, no, screw it. I've been trying to be very careful what I'm saying, but I am going to and they are my opinions. So if you don't like my opinions, again, we make no money off you listening to us. So you can turn us off. Uh, I'd rather you didn't because the other two might have an opinion you do like, but you do have the right. Uh, I thought it was really weird how she, like he leaned in to kiss her and she freaked. And I've never, I thought that was odd, an odd choice in terms, again, direction and acting. Because theoretically, I understand the flinch. Like, I don't, dude, you're, my, you're, a, you're a research assistant and you're trying to kiss me and that's inappropriate. But her reaction, especially because it was, it was set up in that, like, way of classic, uh, oh, wow, I, I think you're pretty. I'm going to try to kiss you. It was very almost notebook set up. And then she freaked. And I'm like, well, that, that's a quick way to get your throat split. Obviously, yep, there's your throat. Good job. There's your throat. Well, that's kind of weird to me. But I just thought it was a little, like, she went straight for the scream, and he all he did was lean in for the kiss. Well, I don't know. I, I, that didn't bother me. I mean, I thought it didn't uh, that, bother that me she freaked out. I thought, it was, I thought it was weird upon, like, rewatch. That she went straight for the like huge scream. Well, it's at night. She's by herself. She has no idea what kind of person this guy is. He's barely said anything to her, and then he just the look on his face, which you know, of course, you're yeah, not I, like it. But I, I think yeah, my reaction would have been, my reaction would have been more of the my reaction would have been more of the like, who do you think you are, slap? Versus the like, her reaction was very dark alley reaction, not office room reaction. In terms mm-hmm. of typical television. In terms of typical television. I'm not talking real life or anything. If it, uh, if it was me, I'd have reacted the same way. Because the first thought that crossed my mind was she thinks he's going to rape her. She doesn't know he's just mm-hmm. going to kill her. <laughs> no, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, she just wants her eyes. <laughs> well, and I guess, like I said, I watch a lot of... Uh, well, I'm not even going to make that con- comparison. I was going to say, I watch a lot of SVU where the girl tends to just flinch and then she gets carried off into the night. Um, but that's what I said. Like, it, I didn't think, I thought her reaction was odd for television. Not necessarily odd for real life, just odd for television. 
because like I said, usually you get that kind of reaction in a dark alley. You don't get that kind of reaction in an office building. I would have been hesitant to show up for an eye research study at night anyway, but you know, whatever. Again, you have to set up you you have to set up the episode. You have to set up the story. You have to further. I get it. Um, I want to talk about Rowena. I love okay. her. Please. <laughs> I love her. I love her. So I love much. her so much. <laughs> really mm. agreed. Yeah. I'm so glad that they finally have found their footing with Rowena. Yeah. Oh they God. have decided. They've decided what they're going to do with her, obviously. Uh, Ruth is very comfortable with the character now, you can tell. And I think, in my opinion, I think they didn't realize how much they were going to use her. And she, I don't think they knew what they were doing with her. I don't been, think yeah. they realized with how long she was going to stick around. But, you know, if she's, she's in the next two episodes, <laughs> yeah, if she's in the next two episodes, which uh, I can't see how she's not, I'm, I'm saying in terms mm-hmm. of people who don't look at promos and stuff. Um, yes, she's finally not so much a caricature. She's 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 yeah, a she's a big personality. She's a significant yeah, and that character. Puts her a, she has a big personality, her, but she is not overboard anymore. And I just I just no, I've come to love, much more love, love her. She's much more absolutely tempered. glorious. She and and, but, and I, funny. I mean, she was just I was she say, was scary. She was scary, and she was intimidating, and she was funny. I just, I loved her in this episode. She was I uh, love awesome. getting an episode, or, or I love having a character. I don't even, and I'm not even going to say a female character, because that's, that puts a character in a box that's not, that's not always necessary. I like having a character that is just, I, I, I forget who said it once, but it's, it's, it was an actress who played a very similar character, and it says playing characters like that are just delicious. And that's how I feel about Rowena. Like she's one minute she's scary, one minute she's funny, and one minute she's so on point. The way she reads Charlie and what she says, and Rowena is the one in this episode that is she's right. She is correct about everything. Everything mm. she says, it's not in that crowley way where I'm lying with the truth. It's like, dude, the truth hurts, doesn't it? Feel. Mm. That, that will be your that. undoing, girl. That will be <gasps> your undoing, good. girl. Yeah. I love, I love um. when she, um, when she's tell, when they bring in um, Charlie into the little basement area thingy where they are, and she says, "Don't forget rule number one." Don't tell your mother what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, I love I that. Love that. Uh, there are just so many little things like that that she does that I just love. And when she when she coughed, you know, when she you know before she said something, and I mean, just oh, I just I could oh, I love her. I love her. I no, love and I her. the the scene where she's telling Charlie, you know, that she's talking about Agnes when she's, and when she's reading her. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, well, first she's talking about Agnes, and I like what she's saying. You know, you know the Agnes was progressive as well, and so they burned her. And Charlie being horrified, and then Rowena telling her, you know, 
much like you and I, and Charlie being so indignant about that. So, the I like like Rowena says, why? Because you're good. You think you're better than me. And laying out how alike they are, and again, being there's nothing she says is wrong. She's completely correct. And the fact is, is that Charlie didn't like it. Charlie did, Charlie had to accept that that's what Rowena said was all factual. Charlie didn't like it. And I think this was an interesting episode. Like Rowena, I love when she talks about balance. There was a lot of balance in this episode as well. But I love when she talked about the the balance. And I also love when she criticized uh, technology. That was good times. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It was extra funny in this episode because this episode was one giant Windows commercial, which we've had that before. Every time, almost every time we have Charlie, oh. we have a Windows commercial. But uh, Charlie did have the Windows Surface, but she had an Apple iPhone. But but it was it was like a four, wasn't it? It was weird. Her charger was giant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like a four. Mm. Yeah, I noticed that too. It was weird. Um, but I also like like the speaking of the Windows, like like when they're looking at the surveillance footage, like I couldn't stop laughing at like Sam, like. Make it bigger, bigger. His head. <laughs> okay, we all know. We all know how it works. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you, CW. <laughs> uh, Dog Posse K just tweeted as a graphic, which is something I wanted to mention. I was about to bring it up anyway, and she tweeted as a graphic for it. The scene where they all say for Dean, for Dean, for Dean, and then Rowena says, "I barely know the man." <laughs> I love. Yes, I love that. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> um, and I'm glad she brought that up because I think uh, I know Sam's going to get a lot of flack for this episode. And I, I've seen it on Twitter already. You know, people were like, you know, I've seen everything from, you know, Sam shouldn't have been so manipulative to Sam should have been the one to die to all kinds of stuff. Again, TV show. Um, but what what's very important is at no point did Sam threaten anybody. He never put a gun to anybody's head. Actually, the only one he's holding hostage for this is the technical bad guy, Rowena. Everybody else was free to leave and made the decision, in fact, Charlie, multiple times, to continue this mission. Mm-hmm. And I also saw people say, you know, Charlie was so out of character Actually, she was really in character. What we've learned from Charlie over multiple episodes is that she is defiant, insolent, prone to running away. And it's what she did in this episode. She didn't like what Rowena was saying. So she left. It was very in character. It wasn't smart. I found her in character, absolutely. Yeah, I I saw a lot of criticism about that, and I thought it was very in character, and it was very much like like going to Oz. You know, it was, you know, you you wanted an adventure, you saw an out, real life sucks, so you bailed, and you went on an adventure, and it was a bad idea. You went went to war. You ended up in a war. Um, And we also saw it in Pac-Man Fever. We see how, again, she's uh, insolent, She's, uh, I, I just, and I'm not saying those are necessarily bad traits, but it is her characterization. 
And so as a result, those characterizations mixed with her, like Rowena says, her blind devotion did lead to her undoing. And I love the way Rowena tells her, you know, where we differ is our blind devotion. Yours is to the Winchesters. And Rowena says what what we all say as, as, as viewers. You know, Charlie defends it with, they're my family. And Rowena's like, yeah, and that's the problem. I, you know, I, I have the, to say... One of, the, one of the last things Dean said to Kevin was, your family. Thermie's dead. Yeah, I mean... Uh, I, I, I wanted to... You know, first of all, a couple things about Charlie running away and dying. First of all, she knows the signs are after her. What does she do? Mm-hmm. She sits in front of a window. She sits in front of an open window. And it's like, oh, geez, come on. Um, but also, she was in a state, Sam, you know, sure, Sam asked her to help. But he brought her to a, a place that nobody, you know, that was safe, that had, you know, it was warded. There was wards on the windows. Um, and got her an angel bodyguard. Yeah, Castiel was there to protect her, to watch over, to make sure that they were they were safe. And she made the choice to leave. So, you know, I, I understand that, you know, there are a lot of people, you know, who are very emotional about this episode. And I understand. I don't mean to, to belittle that at all. I don't want to take away from anybody who is pained with this episode. But don't blame Sam, you know. He, mm-hmm. he he's just trying to save his brother the same way Dean did when he made the choice to let Gadriel possess him. He's just trying to save his brother the same way Dean did. And it was Charlie made the decision to leave the safe place. And she is a grown, yeah. you know, the character is a grown woman. Um, I, I also saw some some people like you, you know, you killed off, you know, making it seem like Charlie's underage. They never quite said how old Charlie is, but she was a teenager in the 90s. And Felicia Day is, I believe, 36, if I'm not mistaken. Theoretically, Charlie's approximately 29 to 34. Yes, mm-hmm. Dean calls her kiddo, but that's more just an affectionate thing in that he sees her as a little sister, and it's, it's, it's Robbie's way of reinforcing that he feels that Dean feels that way about her. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, yeah. she's, she is an adult. She made, a, she made grown-up decisions. Uh and, and you know she even, she did she you know Cass separated them, and in reality it was just Charlie, you know, like Charlie's whole thing is you know I'm sick of her criticizing me I'm sick of it was very much a, I don't like I don't like somebody making me face myself, and I think Rowena was feeling she was feeling a little too um, I don't want to say mothered because Rowena was clearly not mothering her maybe like uh, annoying aunt kind of thing with her and she just didn't want to hear it. I I don't mind that Charlie ran off. Like you said, it's very much in character and also um when she's when she's attacked at the motel room, she keeps pre- her presence of mind pretty well. I mean she's under attack. She she gets all the stuff uploaded and sent in an email to somewhere else. She smashes the computer and she stands her ground with a knife and she's fairly certain probably by then she's going to lose. So mm-hmm. I thought her her final scene was pretty amazing. And I, I saw the, some comments where why didn't we get to see her final fight? Why didn't she get a final fight? Actually, it had I didn't need to see it. 
I saw the results of the fight, and I thought it was much more upsetting, and I was okay with not seeing her fight because the more important things I thought were showing her bravery in the face of what was going to be her final fight. And also... um, Why didn't we see Joe and Ellen's actual bloody pieces? Yeah, I, I don't need to see it to know that it happened. And I also... What affected me even more than than the sight of Charlie's body was Sam and Dean's reaction to it, particularly Sam, who who was completely traumatized to the to the point of almost being sick, literally, <laughs> to, to misuse the word, but maybe not, a uh, sick, and and Dean just horrified. I I found their reaction even more affecting than than seeing Charlie's body I was like I expected that and but I I acknowledge her her bravery in the end I acknowledge the way she faced her end and yes it was she shouldn't have left but she did and it was not a surprising decision to me that at that point she went on her own she's been surviving on her own for a long time she survived mm-hmm. in Oz and, and she learned how to fight she's been surviving on her own by her by her wits and her computer and and everything else. So I I'm not surprised You're, that she I, left at all. No, I appreciate in this episode that they made her I feel like they grew her up a lot in this episode. And uh I I I, I appreciated that. And I think she got I think she got Again, I still, I'm a little, and I say this as someone who really likes gore, as I said, I'm still a little shaky about the bathtub scene, not because it bothered me and not because I really, I, I feel that connected to Charlie any anymore as a character. Um, had she died in season eight, I would have probably felt differently than I do now. Um, but at this point, I'm just kind of, eh, saw it coming. Didn't see it coming, but in retrospect, saw it coming. Um, but I, and so I do kind of, I do kind of side-eye the bathtub scene just because I think it was a bit, a bit much in context in terms of who they killed. That was a bit harsh, I think. Um, but aside from that, I thought, I agree. I think, um, it showed the, it showed the, the strength of her for this, for that final scene. Mm-hmm. And I like the way she tells, when Dean tells her to stop and she tells him, and she makes that decision and very clearly, mm-hmm. Felicia plays it very clearly of, I can't do that. She could have stopped yeah. the upload. She hadn't hit send yet. She could have, I'm not entirely sure why she smashed the screen. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was, you know, well, she thought, you know, according, according to television, you know, smashing the, you know, smashing the screen stuff gets rid of all the information. So, yeah. I was very perplexed about that. I mean, again, I think I, I tweeted this. And I said I, I understand that it's uh, it's uh, you know we use Windows in this uh, in in Supernatural. Ergo, it didn't upload to the cloud. So maybe that's how it works with Windows. I don't know. You do you, Windows. You do you. Um, but uh, you know, she makes that very definitive decision. Um, to tell Dean, no, going back to blaming mm-hmm. Sam, I, 
Lord knows I love me a Winchester. Uh, but I actually wanted to hit Dean. I, when he has the nerve to get mad at Sam, and literally <laughs> what he's talking about is the exact same thing he did to Sam, and then has the nerve to get mad at Sam and hurt because Sam said he wouldn't do the same for him. But basically you emotionally blackmailed him into now doing it for you and you're mad about it? How very dare you. How very dare you, dude. Like, I hope we have a discussion about this at, the, at some point, Sam and Dean Winchester. Between the two of you, y'all need to have a discussion how you can't, you can't have your, you can't have, you, you can't have your burgers and your pizza too. Considering they oh, but Dean thinks so. he can. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, 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 I don't understand. Like, my I think it's funny because that is so Dean. That is so Dean. It was. It was. Dean is very controlling. Don't do what I do. Do what I say. Yeah, and, and it, know, is a, it is okay for me to do it, but not you. I was fine yeah, with it's that. A mirror, <laughs> it's a mirror of season three and four. It's a mirror of season three and four where Dean had the nerve to sell his soul at the end of season two, which we all love. But then he's mm-hmm. mad at Sam for wanting to do it back. You say, of Dean. Course. He's like, no, no, no. Do as I say, don't do as I do. Which Absolutely. is fine. Again, it's fine. Here's my issue in terms of like fandom. And, and I think it's a writer issue as well. So last year we had Dean do this to Sam. And then we're meant to feel bad for Dean that Sam is upset. And then fast forward to this, this season. And so Sam does what he does, which is the same thing that Dean does, and we're meant to feel, again, mad at Sam for it. And it's a perception issue, and it's a writer issue. Uh, And I I don't mean one specific writer. I mean writer room issue, that they really need to kind of, oh, I'm going to be really crass for a second. Get off Dean's jock, yo. Like, no matter how much Dean fucks up, whoa, sorry, no matter how much Dean screws up, I try not to, I try not to cuss in the podcast. We 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 love cussing, but I try not to. Um, no matter how much Dean screws up, it's always poor Dean. And, you know, I resent that. I really do. And, you know, I, I resent it when they're both jerks, but I think it's a... It's a problem that, that that exists specifically for Dean very, very often. I'm going to blame Jensen Ackles' face on that. Like, it's one of those things where you can't get mad at his face because he's walking around with that face, and how dare you have that face? It's unacceptable, <laughs> sir. It's unacceptable for you to have that face. How dare. It's just too pretty. Um, uh, before, you, um, before you take one of our two phone calls, we've got waiting on the line, I want to say real quick, um, from now on, I'm going to end all my phone calls with this call is useless. My ride is here. That's how I'm ending all my phone calls. <laughs> I, love that. I love that. I'm the pork ride. I'm very fond of pork rides. <laughs> I love that he I looks at love... pork ride so fondly, and I love Roland's yes. reaction of, oh. I don't know. <laughs> but I, I love that. There was a lot of humor in this episode, and that was so funny. It's like, I said, this call is pointless. My ride. Yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to talk about that, but we'll go ahead and take our we'll take a caller. But I wanted to talk about Cass as well. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's, okay, there's so, a couple Cass. So bring them on. Okay. So. We are taking a caller. 
Hello, oh. Winchester Radio. You're on the air. Hi, Amanda. I think I'm... Hey, Amanda. Hey. Okay. <laughs> Hi. Um, I have actually a couple of questions, and you smart people might actually know this. Because sometimes yeah, no pressure. Admit, the, the show confuses me a little bit. <laughs> Can someone explain to me um, about this signs? Because they were talking about how, like, it started, like, 9-11, uh, some, some war, like... I'm trying to understand the signs are basically Frankenstein's are were like part of the Frankenstein family, but they have their book and their business is to clean up stuff. Like I just didn't understand that. Like how did, how did like all this stuff that they said started, like all these like bad things started because of the book? Am I making sense? I don't know yeah, if they but, meant Yeah, but it wasn't the book specifically yeah, the book, they, the book is a supplement to, for them. Yeah, they haven't had the book for so long, yet they were still able to cause 9-11, yeah. apparently, you know, and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, the book is the supplementary to them, not not the source. The source is the family itself. With with but, the book, with the book they were going to be even more dangerous. Right. Okay. So they started all that, like, crappy stuff as basically, because I can't remember what else they said. They mentioned some other wars, or like... The Hundred Years' War. And the Hundred yeah, Years' yeah. War, World War, well, Hitler's rise to power. So the Steins, like, in the supernatural universe, the Steins caused that, or the Steins with the book caused that? I don't think they had the book then, so... I forget how many years it's been since they've had the book. If we go back to this, I remember they said how many years, but I forget. But with with the book, caused some really, really bad crap. And then without the book, they caused some really, really bad crap. Just not as big, you know, not as on a big level as, you know, if they have the book, watch out, you know, because they're they're able to to start things like 9-11 without the book. Just imagine what they can do with the book. So what were they talking about when they said that they're, like, part of the fix-it business and business has never been better? Like, they asked, like, people that come to them for help to cause problems? Yeah, I think it, that's what that's, I was saying. It's, it's the – I took it to mean that it was the idea of not, like, literally cleaning up in a good way, but, like, when you – bad uh, way? Yeah, like, when, you, when, you, when you're in the – like I said, like I mentioned the mob earlier, when you like call the cleaners. Much, right. Yeah, like yeah, you're, when you call in the cleaners and the mob, they're the ones that are going to do, you know, the okay. wet work. They're going to do the killing, and they're going to clean up the crime scene, and they're going to make sure that everything that nobody notices this crime happened while everybody else is raking in the profit for it. Okay, that that can. That's the way me. I took it. It was confusing. But then I, I also watched The Godfather a lot. So ask Becky; okay. she's never seen The Godfather. She might have seen. She might have. She might have perceived that differently. No, I, I know what cleaners are without watching the, the mobster movies. <laughs> Did you use Google or, or know your means for that one? I just, I'm that smart, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I watched the other TV that they taught me about it. That's how I, and I say that because that's how I learned about Star Wars with other TV shows and movies. That's how I learned about Star Wars. Everything I need to know about Star Wars I learned from Spaceballs. <laughs> Fact. Everything um, I know about the mob, I learned from General Hospital. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that's a good answer. I know that. Uh, <laughs> that's amazing. 
coffee business. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, haha. The mysterious shipments in sunny Corinto. They used to call them the gummy bear mobster. And then there's I, another I, thing. I'm a, uh, right. Oh, I'm sorry. Subject cleaners, and we get. I just want to say I'm kind of ashamed to say, but um, this will make fun of me a lot. Um, the first thing I, that hit me when I heard, you know, the term the cleaners is charmed. Yes. There were cleaners on time. There were. You're correct. Oh, okay, that's funny. <laughs> well, when I when I hear the cleaners, I think of of a show called. Huh, this was a, it was a John Woo show with uh, uh, Nick Lee, and there were two characters on there who would be the cleaners because they worked for a shadowy government agency, and one of them was played by Julia Mixing. He was a cleaner on the show. Oh, that's funny! It always comes full circle, and uh, Nick Lee. Yes. <laughs> And it always comes back. Now I have to. Now I have to look at the name of the show because fucking oh, off topic. While you're while you're trying to remember your show, off topic. For those of you who do listen to us regularly, I am now watching X Files. So when Susan and Becky have their X Files moment, eventually <laughs> I'll be able to at least vaguely know what they're talking about. Okay. So, uh, every everybody be yeah everybody be proud. I am on season five of X Files. Ooh. Uh, um, the TV show with Nick Lee was called Once a Thief. Nick I Lee, remember that show. And, yeah, it was about one season, and it was kind of I loved it. It was kind of batshit crazy, <laughs> but I uh, it was. I really loved it. And Julia, that was the first time I saw Julia Richings and he was, um, he played one of the cleaners. Yeah, yeah very, very good. And the other I never thing, watched Charmed, so. What's up? Well, I watched Charmed, not, not regularly, but I did watch it enough to know the reference. Amanda, I have another question. Oh, I have another question? Oh, okay. I thought you said I, someone has a question for me. I was like, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear your guys' opinion because I like I kind of cringed a little bit. I'm not like mad it happened, but I don't like hearing it because they've never said it like fully to each other. Like they, they're like even when like Flippin Sam was like going up in the pit, like Sam and Dean gave a look at each other, like basically almost saying like "I love you," like um, whatever. But they didn't say it; they did it with a look. And then Sam like said, "Charlie loves you," like we all love you, like. They've never said that to each other, and I was just kind of like, oh, that's, like, we've never heard that. Am I right? Yeah. Uh, yeah I, was, I, I was thinking yeah. about that, but I'm pretty sure we've gotten it once from Sam before as well. Yeah, I feel like there was one time, but it wasn't, like, so, like, blunt like this one was. And I was just no, like, and I know we also quiet. have the one, yeah, we have the line that, you know, you know, we uh, we make, well, some people make fun of, and if you ship Lincest, then you don't make fun of it, you that's your line. But there's a line um, in season three, uh, whatever, what we have, family, love, whatever it is, and that's from Dean. Yeah. Which like, is I didn't know. such like, a weird line. It's such a weird line. <laughs> uh, I'm not touching that with a 10-foot pole. So. Well, here's the funny thing. Actually, it actually... And, I, and it's in my notes, so it's funny that I mentioned that line. The, 
and my, it's because my mother noticed it. Um, we're watching, and when Sam comes in and being like, have you seen a girl? You weren't here when I went to bed. You weren't here when I got up. You're sneaking around. <laughs> my mom was like, why is he acting like such a jealous bitch? <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> what? She was like, I don't even, t- I've never talked to your father like that. Who does he, what is this? <laughs> He's never going to let go of the fact that he's a big brother, like, and has to keep an eye on Sam. Yeah, dude. It's not going to go away. Yeah, period. like, it is technically big brother. Like, it's it's a big brother thing, but it was we And I could see also where Dee would be a little insecure because of season eight with Amelia and everything. Very true, true. So I could, yeah, so I could see where he'd be insecure about, like, are you seeing someone? Are you going to abandon me again? Are you preparing for, you know, the fact that the mark is going to take me over and you're f- preparing for that by finding a, a girlfriend again? Is this, this, this is that what's happening? I could totally see that. But it was just weird. Uh, I didn't find that well, weird. Dean's been I'm suspicious thinking, for a while. Dean's been suspicious. Well, I, I didn't think it was Something's weird. Something's going watched, on. I watched the episode before my mother did. Then I watched it with her. And so I didn't think it was weird until she mentioned it. And I was like, oh, well, now that you mentioned it, now it just feels weird. Yeah, it's one of those, like, now I can't unsee it kind of things. Thanks, Mom. Yeah. Mm. I liked when Sam says, I I do that, you know, going out on his own. He goes, I do that. And Dean says, you Mm -hmm. actually don't. don't. And I love that that line delivery. Dean is so, even before Dean figures out that Sam's lied to him when he's suspicious of just whatever's going on, the way Dean is talking to Sam in this episode so carefully and it's menacing. It's really mm. good. It's 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 creepier than Dean than Demon Dean was. It's, I love him interrogating Sam when he's walking around. Oh, behind I, oh I, that was such a good I love scene. I just love 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 that scene so much. Dean and I love scary. when the, when the, when the phone rings. Yeah, when the phone rings and he says, "If you answer that phone, so help me." And the, that that moment where Sam thinks maybe I shouldn't answer it, and so and you can see where he says "screw it" in his head. Yeah, yeah. Also, here's the thing, and I again I get why they had to do it. I understand, but what happened to Cass liking the text? Now you call all the time. Why are you calling so much? You're calling so very much. Learn to text, bro. <laughs> and. Like you know, maybe he texted text. and he got emoticons. Well, I, he said I, he liked emoticons. Maybe I don't know, but you know, maybe he didn't get an answer texting. And that's a record Sam of what was, he says, and a phone call isn't. That's true. I mean, that's true. I'll give you that one. But I was like, dude, stop calling me. I feel like again, like why was everybody so? Or, I know I said get off Dean's jock, but get off Sam's jock too, man. It's <laughs> a little too needy. Um, obviously, not literally. I don't mean that literally. Um, what do you What do you guys think about Mark, uh, Charlie's new best friend? <laughs> All of that. <laughs> oh, I love that he can speak hamster. Who knew Crowley could speak hamster? <laughs> well, and that's going to be my, like, that was my other Doctor Who reference to the episode. I was like, because the doctor can speak everything. Um, mm. Even speak dinosaur. Why do we have any Doctor Who references in this episode? Um, Mark yeah, Shepard like, does such a good job that he doesn't. It doesn't even like 
seem like fake. Like you just, it just seems natural. Like he's talking to a hamster. Okay. Yeah, that was really, that was really well done by Mark because, you know, as many actors will say, number one, playing against animals sucks, but to do it so casually and still maintain the menace of being the king of hell in that scene, um, you really did feel like he was having a conversation, and the reality is, is he's well, you know, not. Uh, I also thought it was really interesting. I don't know if anybody else caught this, uh, but when they're talking about, when Olivet and Crowley are talking about Rowena's demon lover, Crowley completely plays the pronoun game. What do you mean? He yeah. says demon lover. He says, give me the name. Find this person. Oh, I didn't so we don't know. Her. We don't know if Rowena's demon lover is male or female. I thought that was kind of cool. And, I, uh, I like that, you know, though. She does say she's sexually progressive, like Charlie. And... Yeah, so I, when she first said that, I thought that was a reference to an earlier episode where the coven talked about controlling, you know, who you sleep with and she wasn't supposed to, you know, have gotten pregnant or and whatever. But I don't know. Like, I'm going to be interested to see who shows up at Rowena's, I don't know, I guess, ex. Oh, that's interesting. Um, but I thought that was interesting. Um, I'm pro- I don't know if I'm right or wrong, but I, I feel like they set it up that we're going to get a female a female antagonist for Rowena in this situation. Or it could be at the time they don't know who, you know, they don't know if it, it could be a man or a woman yet. So. Yeah, like, I, would like, I, I like the idea that they wrote that they maybe possibly wrote it with not having anyone specific in mind yet. Because if you remember back in uh, Mally's Mouth of Karam, um, before we mm-hmm. knew about um, Lilith being the new big bad, um, they, um, the witches, and uh, um, you know, they called it a he. And yeah, you know, well, and, and, and then Kevin, when Kevin, the ca- the casting for Kevin. That just it, they didn't know whether they were going to go male or female. They were just looking for an actor that fit the role. Mm-hmm, they hadn't right. decided. So I, I always like the idea of not being sure and works for me. I remember that bothering mm-hmm. me though. They said he, and then it became a she. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I really do like seeing Sam so determined, though. Like, like I do like, too. Not creepy determined, but like badass determined. I yeah. I, for me, I like I like Sam saying I I'm enlisting you people to help me, but if you're not going to mm-hmm. help me, you're still not stopping me. Yeah. Right. I like it. I mean, after being wishy washy about or or saying he's okay with Dean. Dying or being wishy washy about supporting him or looking and not looking for him. This is really great to see. I mean, it's <laughs> it's going to have terrible uh, repercussions and consequences, of course. But you know, no surprise because Dean when Dean does it, it does as well. But I I love seeing that in in Sam, and I wish Dean could have could have been there when Sam was talking about let's do this um, um, for Dean. And I know the end line is funny with Rowena saying, I hardly know the man, but I like them saying for Dean, for Dean, for Dean, because he doesn't think he's worth it, Dean, still. You know, he doesn't think he's worth all this 
trouble and dealing and everything else. And I, I wish you could and have I, heard I it. Like, because and, yeah, sure. and I, I, I like that distinction as well where it, it does two things. One, it gave everybody their own I hate to use this word, but I'm going to use it because I can't think of a better word at the moment. It gave everyone their own agency. In that moment, everyone made a choice. And mm-hmm. it took it took it away. You know, they're not saying, fine, Sam, because you're asking us. So for me, it not that I think it's Sam's fault, but that additionally took the fault out of Sam's hands. Mm-hmm. Because they decided that their reason for doing it, and they decided that it was unfortunately, like Rowena says, you know, you feel like a Winchester to your family, which you know, for for Cass, they've they've described Cass as a brother, they described Charlie as a sister. So this is these are your extended siblings. Unfortunately, that means you're collateral damage in some way. But the fact is, is you know, you have the emotional tether that makes you want to help. Yeah. And like mm-hmm. no one is really safe on like supernatural. They're just they're just not. Like and, and No, like, unless like, you have a contract and you're very safe. Yeah. Uh it's like what you said with the promos, like yeah, like I wasn't even shocked. Like Mm-mm. like I like Char- I liked Charlie. I didn't love Charlie, but I liked Charlie. So I was I, I was a little sad, yeah, but I knew like like, I understand people are mad because, like, one of their favorite characters dies. They're probably not going to see that character again. Like, that makes sense. But the show's about Sam and Dean and what their journey is. And these other characters come in to almost make their journey not happen, but, like, whatever has to happen to, for Sam and Dean, whether it be outside forces or, like, internal forces. Exactly. So, yeah. But I, I, I was a little mad about the... But what you said, like the marketing department, like they just like gave it away, like to set him off. Oh, gee, well, what would that scene off? Because obviously Sam's not going to die because Which, it's a hot episode. <laughs> I say this, I say this as someone, like I said, you know, who who grew very unfond of Charlie's character. But I think in terms of 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 promotion and marketing, it did a disservice because it really made it seem number one. You spent the whole, I spent the whole episode waiting for her to die. So my first watch, I did, I missed a lot. I felt like because I was like, she dying yet? No, not yet. Is this where she dies? No, not yet. Is this where she dies? No, not yet. Um, and it really was the literal end. So it's that now. How about now? How about now? No, now. Um, but also I think if you are invested in that character, so for people who are invested in Charlie, I think it wasn't fair to you that they did that. Oh, yeah. Because it's, it, I feel like it should have been, I don't know, well, I don't know, maybe if you are fond of Charlie, you wanted the warning. I, maybe, I don't know, I, I can't speak. As someone who didn't care about the character, I really can't speak. Uh, maybe you want, Promo maybe you wanted the, they don't do so great. I mean, they ruin stuff all the time. Not on, yeah. on Supernatural. They just don't do well at promos. They just don't. What was the Canadian station that used to carry Supernatural that doesn't anymore? Oh, I can't remember. Space, Space. Channel. Space. Space. I and they had the most so spoilery promos. They had really yes, good they promos, did. but super spoilery. <laughs> and so once they stopped carrying Supernatural, I was like, oh, you know, we're going to get much more vague promos. So it's a completely different mar- <laughs> marketing department that does that. There's a marketing department in Canada that was doing those. 
they were consulting with each other. There's a spoiler. And it was, it's like CW went, oh, well, space isn't going to spoil it for you anymore. No worries, we got you. (laughs) Okay. So, yeah, I, I, before I forget, because I don't know who else, uh, I don't know if Amanda or Susan watched enough Angel, but Becky, when when Charlie runs off and Cass screams, Charlie, did you think of, de- of Dead End with Lindsay? Charlie, because I did. That's all I heard. <laughs> no, I did not, but <laughs> now uh, I <laughs> Trust me, you're never going to hear it. I'm sorry I ruined it for you. You're never going to hear it right again. The first time I watched it, I was like, that was that was. That was growly, and I dig a growly cast. That's why se- that's why season cast season six cast and four are my favorite because I like when he's menacing. Um, I'm not a big fan of like wishy washy cast. Uh, so, but then I was like, that sounds so familiar, and I was like, oh, ruffle hair, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> Good oh, luck. Lindsay. You can't un- you can't unhear that now. Good luck. <laughs> I watched Angel, but I think I only watched it like that one time, like one one uh, through. Lefty, uh, I know so more, a little bit more about. So I know a little bit more about Lefty. I wanted to say, um, you know, I know Charlie was a lot of people's favorite character, and a lot, a lot of people really have, uh, you know, real good, you know, affection for her. Um, and so they're like calling this the worst episode ever, and everything since she died. But it was a, you know, it was it did have a horrible ending with Charlie dying, but it was a very good episode. Mm-hmm. And it's just like my I favorite agree. character, my favorite character in Supernatural is Bobby. And the episode he died, Death Store, is one of the top five best episodes, in my opinion, of this show. And it, it was a beautiful, great, wonderful episode. But mm-hmm. yet my favorite character dies in it. Just because my favorite character dies doesn't mean the episode is bad. Um, you know, so I thought this was a really, really well-written, well-acted, you know, really good episode that, you know, had a sad ending. Um, but same thing, I thought, you, again, my, my favorite character is Meg. My least favorite act, uh, writer killed her. And it's actually one of the episodes that he wrote that I do like. I more like it than don't. I have some technical issues with it, but overall, I like the episode. Um, and he killed my favorite character, and it's 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 it's, it's okay. I I have survived. Uh, I, I I got past Ellen and Joe, and I, I got past Rufus. Yeah, like that. Yeah. Like, I don't like it. 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 I don't like I mean, to be slightly flippant, but at the time, not really, um, because we didn't, I didn't, you know, I sort of, I wasn't in fandom when I just watched Supernatural a season late. I started in season two, so season one it aired. So at season two is airing, we didn't know we were going to get a season three. So it was 
Sam died, and I was devastated. <laughs> I Mhm. Oh, did we lose Benny? Oh, I thought I thought I was gone. It got quiet. No. Hello. I'm here. Oh, can you hear me? Yes. Okay, so we're here. I did we lose? We must have lost. Yep, we lost Susan. Yep. Did we? Um, oh no, we lost we, Benny. We we lost Benny. Amanda, are you there? Amanda, I'm still here. Okay, I have a question about Cass, actually. Um, okay. His his angel powers, I thought when he got his grace back, he was back to being full-on Cass. Apparently he isn't. Is he still recovering? Why is that? Because he could, he could heal Charlie, he could bring her back, he could, and when he says that he looked for Charlie everywhere, and I'm like, if you're an angel and, and you didn't look really look everywhere, did you? Because Cass could look for something in two seconds and have been over the entire earth. So he obviously isn't full power, but I I thought he was. Well, they, they can't fly. They can't do the zapping thing. So that's why he couldn't look all over the entire earth for her. You know, he could only look as far as that he could physically look for her. Physically, get yeah. Okay. But what about healing? I mean, he seems to heal yeah, now fairly easily. So yeah, why couldn't you bring Charlie I, back? That's a good question. I see it, I've see. i seen a lot of people, uh, you know, saying, why can't Castiel bring her back? And that's a really good question because I don't remember the specifics on if angels can bring people back from the dead or not. I don't remember um, yeah. Because it wasn't an angel that brought Bobby and Cass back. It was God in Swan Song, right? Right. And Cass right. didn't know how he got back. Okay. Right. Put Vinny back on. Hey, Vinny. Yeah. yeah. I don't. I don't know what happened. I was unfortunately I was talking while texting and hung up and <laughs> what I was doing, and I don't want go. Judge yourself, man. Don't touch them while talking. There's no my law thing. against driving while, while texting while talking. I'm not driving. <laughs> my big, my big question for this episode is: How did the Steins find Charlie so easily? I they were already tracking her. They say it in the in the scene mm-hmm. uh, in the office with Monroe. That they've been tracking her. So did did they they're know super, she was in they're the, super powered up? Did they know she's in the distillery and just waiting for her to leave? Or no, the distillery. No, I, they were they were tracking her. I think they would have found her in the distillery, even if she hadn't left. It would have been a problem because you have Cass there. Possibly, if Sam had been there at the same time, have, you know, having to deal with Sam, you run that risk. So it made it easier for them to find her because she was out in the open. But I do think that theoretically they would have found her in the distillery anyway. Just, you know, to avoid the, the to avoid the fact that if they found her in the distillery, they'd have to fight Cass as well. Um, little piece of trivia. The hotel, that the Blackbird Hotel, the location that's used for that has been used on Supernatural several times including um, uh, the monster at the end of this book. Um, it was used in that one. 
Um, it was used in the episode last season where they um, meet up with Metatron and he they try to do the holy fire around him and then he like acts like he's it's getting to him and then it doesn't. It was that same place. It was in um, a whole bunch of a whole bunch of supernatural episodes. But the specific thing I want to mention because now that you're watching X Files, it was also used in <laughs> X Files. Um, have you seen the episode Demons yet, Benny? I did. Okay, where where Mulder has lost his memory and everything. It was yes, used in that episode. Uh, um, all I remember about that episode is, is Mulder's jeans. And you and I have been to this hotel. You and I have been to this motel. Oh, um, it's that one. Okay, okay, I know which one you mean. Yeah, uh, when we went on one of our trips to Vancouver, by the, me, Amanda, by the and Kay. Um, no. The one that has the Denny's not No, not that one? Which no, one? Not that one. It's close to the area where we went for um, to see Psych, um, to see the oh, train station that was okay. used for the Psych office, that area. Oh, way over there. And, okay. Yeah. And they they still have um, from what a band, uh, from our other friend Amanda, I mean um, Australian Amanda, from what she told us, uh, the, they still have the room that Mul- that was Mulder's room um, in the X Files episode Demons. They still have it set up the same way it was for that for that episode. And that's so a great can, episode. Like, I love that episode. You, you can go and see Mulder's room the way it was in that episode. But it was it, it was closed when we were there, so we didn't get to go. But there you go. <laughs> um, I have a, we have, we've got a, about 20 minutes left of our live podcast, even though last time when we ran over, we could still be heard, <laughs> which is cool. Um, but I have some, speaking of foreshadowing things and how we basically weren't surprised that Charlie died. Um, how, how foreshadow, how Angeli is it that the signs are into bioengineering and replacing body parts and Dean could really get to, uh, get to lose that arm that would solve, possibly solve his problem. I've no, seen that as a lot of theories, but it doesn't make what? sense because remember they specifically told us, that just getting rid of the mark is not good enough. Just removing that area isn't good enough. It's not really just the symbol. Not the area. The arm. No, or the it's, it's over the, same, the entire it's the same body. Idea. It, it would, it would grow back on, on another arm? Is, are you saying it would grow back on no, another arm? No, but it's within him. The, the, the mark on his arm is just a symbol of what's in, within him. It flows but, throughout him. I forget it's, I forget which episode it is because they say it and then in the next episode he he's researching scar removal and I I specifically said that's counterintuitive to what we just learned in the last episode which was by I think I have to yell at Adam Glass for that one. So yeah, it's but a, what the mark is an outward symbol of an entirely internal correct. curse. Okay. Correct. But it does it's just it's just the manifestation of it. Because but, Karina tried to kill him, and the mark wouldn't let him die. So I don't think the mark's gonna let someone put his arm off. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. That's another good but, point. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I yeah. remember it's. I, I just wrong. remember. Wrong. <laughs> no, I just can't remember which episode it is. But he specifically is researching scar removal there. Uh, mm-hmm. Scar removal. Then the I remember that episode prior. Uh, I think it's Cass who says 
it's it's not just the mark. It's within you. I'm pretty sure it's Kath that says it, but it's 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 not just the mark. Cause, oh, because Dean says, well, we'll burn it off, cut it off, whatever, and Kath tells him it's not right. good enough. I was wondering, though, because, I mean, I know they said all that and we know all that, but they can sometimes change things, and I wonder if they remember if that was said, because... <laughs> It does seem interesting that the that the signs, the Frankenstein's can can do this, and it could just be a coincidence that that this is the particular family they've brought in to to be the characters at the moment, and that's what they do. So they wouldn't they didn't have to have that particular ability to or. Um, be their powerful characters, so I I don't no, know. But because it's, it's, and I, I I for me I don't think so. Because I, I mean I, I hope I they don't. I, I hope I they don't. Believe when when Eldon tells him, um, I mean they're not going to cut off his arm because that'd be really bizarre to have to see to have to VFX that every episode for the next whatever many seasons. Uh, now it's not the same thing, but Crycheck. I'm not there. Oh wait, am I there yet? I don't know. I don't pay attention to Crycheck. I don't like him. Um, sorry. <laughs> What uh, are the ones? Uh, okay, you don't burn it off, cut it off, whatever. I can't remember. Uh, so as far as that, maybe they've cut something off a of card check already, but if they did, I didn't pay attention to it. Anyway, um, it was a big scene. Uh, you would have known. Yeah, <laughs> don't don't count on that. I'm gonna be honest. I kind of blacked out on some of the folks. Uh. <laughs> uh <laughs> I, in my defense, I was sick for like two days. Anyway, um, I am curious. We and oh, well, what I was gonna say is, I do believe Eldon when he says, you know, you have the mark. That's that's unfortunate. I do feel like they'd be like, we don't want that arm. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it did seem like that. Like, hmm, I can I can use that. <laughs> yeah. Just, meh. Um, I mean, in the twenty second episode, that's pretty big. So they're they're, they're planning something. Something's happening, maybe. Yeah, something's brewing. (laughs) I very much think so. Um, I was trying to figure out, and I'm assuming this is what it is. Why she? Why Charlie uh, checked under under the name um, Carrie? Asimov. 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 And it's, um, I'm assuming it's related to Isaac Asimov's, um, like, uh, he's, um, I'm sorry, I'm losing my my train of thought. I'm trying to remember when I should just look it up. Uh, iRobot. But there's also... There's a book called, and I found when I was looking up Carrie Asimov, it's called something about why do people need glasses, and or why do some people wear glasses? And it's uh, something about it's an, how our eyes work, and kind of like how being in a different environment can make you see things differently. So I. Assume that's why she why they use that reference. 
because I couldn't find. I couldn't when I was I looking. I think you're it giving them way anything. too much credit, and it was just another. No, 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 writer's no. Last name. <laughs> no, I'm not giving. No, 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 I'm not giving them credit that there's something in depth with that. I think it was just this. You know, every time they give somebody an alias, there's a reason that they pick the alias. Like Sam and Dean always get rock aliases. Charlie always gets like uh, something either like sci-fi or co- like like coding or something like that. I'm not giving it depth. I'm just saying why they picked that name. <laughs> Probably somebody saw that video in like, I don't know, 1984. Who knows? And was like, I remember that. Let's use that. I'm not assigning any depth to it. Any more depth than, you know, <laughs> agents, agents, blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah in whatever episode. No. no. I, I think... was just curious. Because, again, with Charlie, for me, it's always I'm not getting that reference. So I was curious. So I had I had looked it up, but I just mm. don't quite remember anymore. And to be quite frank, I'm a little too lazy to look it up right now. <laughs> no, I don't give I don't give I don't give supernatural that much depth. Not even a specific subset of writers. I just think that um, I think supernatural is quite surface. Nothing wrong with that, but I don't think that there's there might be parallels, there might be things like that, but I don't think they're ever something you have to super duper dig deep for. Hmm. It's it a lot, like a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I don't mind. there's I mean, lots of there's lots of detail in things like the motel rooms. You know, I think there's there's there are places in Supernatural that are super thought out and detailed, and some things are pretty straightforward. Cigars, just a cigar. Sometimes, I think it's almost always a cigar. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, overall, I thought it was um, a solid episode. I knew it was going to be a solid episode because the last three episodes usually are. Hmm. Um, can we talk about the preview oh, for next week? Oh, sure. Or, no, or, real quick, uh, we have a tweet from um, Artsy Denise, and she did make a, a point that uh, with reference to the signs, the show is once again definitely blurring the lines between Monster and Man this season. And even, you know, referencing even Charlie was, you know, had to deal with the good and bad of herself and the monster within herself. And I think that is something that's really... Uh, and I'm not sure how I feel about it, but it is it is there, you know, talking about being in-depth with the show. But uh, since Carver has taken over, he really has done that whole, is a man a monster, is a monster a man, you know, who's really who's really the good guy here kind of stuff. Again, not super sure how I really feel about it, um, but it is there, definitely. Mm. And I like the signs. Niece also mentioned that she's was she the only one who who loves them. I I like them. I you know who I really miss and, and wish they hadn't killed off because I thought he was terrific was Jacob Stein the first Stein that yeah mm. um, he was he, he was, was so terrific. <laughs> this is a pretty good group. Is this part of the family? But well, and I saw somebody I saw somebody and they were saying it was a criticism, but I think that's kind of the point. They were like, uh, of course, you know, more generic white boys that look alike on the show. And there's a lot of that. And I was like, no, I think that's the point, though. 
you know, like he says, when you kill one of us, another pops up, bioengineering, Hitler, like... It, it, they're engineered, yeah. Uh, they start... Didn't yeah, they, say it, they started it, Hitler? They started... They, they helped Hitler's they rise. Hard Nazi Germany, power. yeah. So. Yeah, so it's, it's duh. It's the... Uh, like I told Becky not too long ago, I was going back and watching, like, trying to watch classic Doctor Who episodes. And it finally clicked that, like, oh, duh, the Daleks were Nazis because this was, they were, you know, Doctor Who was during the Cold War, and so it was a Nazi parallel. I get it. You know, it again, like I said, it's, it's a repeated theme in television. <laughs> so, yeah, for anybody who was like, uh, of course, they're giving more, you know. And I say that as someone who is not white and not a man. Please remember, Vinny, not white, not a man. Uh, but yeah, I saw people complaining like, ugh, more white, you know, more generic white men on TV getting jobs. But I do think that's the point of the sign. Mm. I think it's interesting that the, the Frank Frankenstein is an extremely European family between Mary Shelley and the Frankensteins and them talk of the plague and everything else. And this entire branch of the Stein family is from South. <laughs> they sound very New Orleans to me. Mm-hmm. So like, hmm, interesting. I mean, I, I, it's not a complaint. I like it. And it's, and it's weird. It's a little weird. It's weird. <laughs> it's a little it's weird. weird. Yeah. Like, but I like it. Like when, I read the, when I read the synopsis about um, Charlie going to Oz, I was like, he's got to be joking. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think I think it's I think it's also the idea. You know, they could have put them. There's really only a few places if you want to do the whole Medwellmania kind of thing in the U.S. that you can do that makes sense. Or the living in indulgence. It's New York, Los Angeles, and New Orleans. Like those are their go-to, and people will be watching it and identify that stereotype very easily. So. You know, and I think for TV, when they do it with Los Angeles, it can get really, really, you know, cliche in terms of like, oh, they'll, you know, they'll do the whole like plastic surgery, blah, blah, blah. And it kind of dumbs it down a bit. So I think that if they're going to do like the whole like, you know, ethnic cleansing, bioengineering type of thing, I'd rather them set it in New Orleans than Los Angeles. But I think in terms of like, living in indulgence and having power and money, those are pretty much go-to cities. I still kept thinking about I, Archangel. Every time they kept mentioning bioengineering, I'm like, please stop, 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 stop. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I said it's not, a, it's not a new concept. And, you know, like we've discussed, you know, there are very few stories to tell. You just figure mm. out the best way you can retell it. Mm-hmm. Um, and New Orleans totally fits in with supernatural. I mean, such a such a vampires, vampire, you know, voodoo, all sorts. Well, of I mean, you know, it goes back to season one. The very first time, the very first case that Dean says he was that we introduced that we introduced Dean was hunting in New Orleans mm. on his own. I, I'm not giving anybody um the writing staff credit for that parallel. I don't think that's why they did it. I'm just saying. I'm just saying stuff happens in New Orleans per genre 
God, I wouldn't be so annoyed because I, you know, it's hard being right all the time. I'm just going to say it is difficult being right all the time. That's not true. It's, it's super easy. Uh, um, so, yeah. I, overall, I liked everybody in the, in the episode. I thought everybody had a nice mix of funny, vulnerable, and creepy. And in a supernatural episode, that's what I want. Mhm. Yeah. I heard you guys talking um, about it before when the, when the guy um in the very in the teaser like had the hand like on her head. You see, if that was me, I would have I would have been freaking out already because that would have been like kind of awkward to begin with. Like, why? Like, why are you getting so close to me? Like, you're supposed to be just like you know like a doctor type of person. So that I was just trying to like, why is she okay with this? Well, the fact that, for me, like, for him being so close, like, it was an eye thing. So, like, for me, I didn't think it was weird that he was so close at first. Because her whole, the whole thing was for eyes. I did, I figured he was going to kill her. I actually didn't expect him to go in for the kiss. I was expecting the kill. And going in for the kiss actually threw me off a bit. Well, I knew she was going to die because she was in the teaser, but I was just like... Yeah. Like, of course, yeah. Like, if you're in, if you're in the teaser, like, you're going to die. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, how, like, you can't be that stupid. If someone's going to put, like, one hand on one side of the head and your hand on the other side of the head, like, that would send someone on alert and alert. No, I mean, I, 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 I totally felt like it was creepy. I just felt like for television, it was an odd reaction. Usually, you get, usually, you get a l- much more tempered reaction in that setting on television. Mm. Do we have any news or anything to mention before we go? I mean, we have got about five minutes. So is there anything yeah. in particular? Um, anybody who, yeah. nothing, we don't have anything. We'll still be doing Tea Tuesday. Um, if you're at uh, Asylum Con, take care of yourself. Be careful. It's a big con. Um, be nice to each other. And tweet. Tweet a lot. <laughs> tweet your reports. <laughs> we need to live vicariously. And, <laughs> and I want to remind everybody, you know, here at Winchester Bros, there are three of us on the podcast. There's four of us total. Lisa doesn't do podcasts with us, but she is our technical person. She actually owns the site. She's she's the big the big guru behind us here. Um, remember, we're just fans. We're just like you all. We're you know we're not any and know. as entitled to our own opinions as you are to exactly exactly. We're mm. just fans. We 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 have our own opinions about the show. And remember, it's just a show. Yeah, it's a very important. It's a show that's very important to us. If it wasn't, we wouldn't put in all the time and work and effort that we do. But remember, it's just a show. It's you know, it's not. When it gets to the point where you're stressing out over something that's fictional and it's affecting your real life, you know, it's time to step back. And you know, I've had that. You know, just this week, you know, I've thought about you know just 
stopping everything, you know, because when it gets to the point where it's not any fun anymore, that's when you stop. And so, you know, just just remember that and be nice to each other. That's the that's the main thing. We're all here for the same reason. We love this show. So even mm-hmm. if I'm here for one character and you're here for a completely different character, that's great. That's perfectly fine. Doesn't you know, we don't all have to agree. Just we just all need to be nice to each other. Have respect for oh. each other. I'm here for the bird. Yeah, it's that saying where it's like, be kind to people because you don't know what battle they, they may be fighting. You know? Exactly. So, mm-hmm. And also, it's not it's not that you have a different opinion. It's not that you have a critique or a criticism. It's how you offer it and present it. And if you're willing to listen to the other person's differing opinion, because it's okay. It's just fine. Every um, opinion valid every opinion is valid every you know mm-hmm. everybody no matter you know if your opinion doesn't agree with me i'm totally fine with that i respect you and i respect your opinion but i i you know i expect you to respect me and my opinion as well mm-hmm. and speaking of winchester bros uh on twitter and on facebook uh, and our website winchesterbros.com if you haven't already seen them please check out the pictures from the Tough Mudder uh, competition. Oh, that, yeah. <laughs> uh, they had a team in, uh, Jess and Jared, Jason Manns, Rob Benedict, Richard uh, Spate, and Osric. And there's lots of pictures. They're all in it. And I have never seen mud look so good. <laughs> <laughs> I love how for you, Osric Chow re- does not require his chow. Osric needs no last name. He is... He's Madonna. Os- <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, Osric. Cher. Osric. That's all we need. Osric. That looks so dangerous. Oh, my God. Yeah. And they're great pictures, and they're so much fun, and they on, they finished, and, and it was just awesome. And it looked just living up to its name. It looked tough as hell. And there's a couple of pictures where the look on Jensen's face to me says, why the hell did I say yes to this? <laughs> She's like swinging from the rings, you know, and going, man. I don't even yeah. know why he wasn't wearing elbow pads and knee pads like Jared was. That's just my opinion. <laughs> I fully believe that you have fun at your Tough Mudder. I'm going to have fun eating chicken wings. Like, knock yourself out, man. Ass. <laughs> Fat girl staying fat. So yeah, um, that, that, um, that's but yeah, that's well. about it. Not too much going on. Um, coming up again, we have two more episodes. Um, we may have a special guest for the. I was wondering podcast. about. I was debating on teasing that, but um, yeah, no. did. Not gonna. Yes. Don't want to jinx yes. it. But we may have a very awesome guest. So scheduling permitting, we will have that, um, and it may result in a podcast at an unusual time. So follow us on Twitter and Facebook for information on that in the upcoming weeks. We're counting down about 20 seconds while we're still live. Thank you very much to everyone who listens to us, uh, no matter what your opinion is. <laughs> um, we, we, we're glad you have it. We're glad you listen. Tweet us questions, tweet us comments, call sometimes. That's also awesome. Um, 
Just yeah, to say if you have something you. to say, feel free to call. We do offer that option. Mm-hmm. We did have a few callers tonight who hung up before we got to them. So try next week, please. Yes, please do. And on that note, good night. Susan, let the boys play us out. I certainly will. Hey, I'm Jared Padalecki. And this is Jensen Ackles. And you're listening to Winchester Radio.